Hi, everybody, and welcome, or welcome back, to Toddler Purgatory, a.k.a. Todd Purgs. I am one of your hosts, Molly. Hey, hey, I'm Blair. And today we are talking about... What are we talking about? Today we are talking about solo parenting. Yes. Just living that this life. This has come up. Living that solo parent life. Mm-hmm. This comes up for Blair and I a lot mm-hmm. because... Solo parenting, well, let's talk about what it is first, and then we'll talk about why it comes up for us. So today we're specifically talking about how people might get through a season or seasons of solo parenting. There are a few different definitions of solo parenting. Today we'll be using the definition meaning a finite length of time where one parent has sole responsibility for the child or children. Some people define solo parenting as a much wider umbrella, which also encompasses like single parenthood, if you will. For instance, there was an article on Medium written by Marika Linkholm, who's co-editor of We Got This, Solo Mom Stories of Grit, Heart, and Humor. And she calls it kind of the more umbrella definition of solo moms are single moms, moms with joint custody, grandmothers who parent their grandchildren, mm-hmm. moms whose partners are deployed, disabled, or incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Their partners are on the road a lot or living abroad. That's kind of what we're talking about today on the road a lot. Leaving them to do most of the parenting. Their mothers on their own, whether by choice or circumstance. So this is much more of a broader definition of solo parenting. Others become solo moms due to unexpected circumstances, such as a partner's death, a surprise pregnancy, or a partnership that ended. So hers is a much more umbrella definition. But today... We're going to think of solo parenting as a little different from single parenting because it does have a beginning, middle, and an end. It is a finite length of time. It's finite. Finite. And I'm coming at this from two different perspectives. One is as someone whose partner travels sometimes. He is involved in theater and he's a resident director down in Fort Worth. So he goes down for a few weeks at a time every couple of years. He just became part of the board of a theater company in Boise, Idaho. We both go to New York for our jobs a lot. We live about three hours outside the city. So I come at it a little bit from someone who has experienced solo parenting seasons, also coming at it from the partner who travels probably most of me and David in our partnership. Because as an actor, I do go to New York City a lot. Or, you know, really during the pandemic, not really, of course, because so much of our jobs moved online and continue to be online or able to audition on tape and that kind of thing. But now things are kind of at a point where we're managing the pandemic for better or worse. And I'm coming in and out a lot more. So I'm kind of seeing it from both sides. And Blair, you are in a marriage of somebody who you have a solo parenting season every week. Every week. Yay. Yes. (laughs) During the pandemic, my husband lost his job. That was unfun. But then he got another job that is based in Connecticut, but they pivoted and they don't have to go into the office except for two days a week. So my husband has to go to Connecticut for two days a week. So he leaves early on a Tuesday, uh, like four o'clock in the morning. And then he's gone all Tuesday. And then he comes home Wednesday night, right before dinner starts. So yeah, it's real fun. How has the adjustment been? It's been fine. The thing about it is, is that it's somewhat inconsistent because either someone gets sick at the office, right? So if someone gets COVID at the office and they don't go in or they'll have like conferences and stuff. So his boss isn't there. So they end up, you know, just not going into the office. So a lot of times it's just been like he'll go for chunks, like he'll go for like three weeks and then he won't go in for a week. And then that's been a little rough. But 
when school started, like that's when it was like really like that was the major hardcore adjustment for me. Because during summer, it was like, ah, whatever, you know, you know, bedtimes weren't like a must, you know. And then once school started, both kids went to school and yeah, it was an adjustment. But we've, we've gotten used to it now. Out of curiosity, how is it when he comes back? Did you say around dinner time on Wednesday? Yep. So that's actually earlier than I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Because if he had to work a full business day in Connecticut, he wouldn't be home till your bedtime. No, yeah. He works a full day. So he leaves at like 530 and he's usually home by like 730. It's like a two hour drive. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. It's not that bad at all. So yeah, by the time he walks in the door though, I'm like, I can't tell you like that breath of relief once I hear that the keys in the door, I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, thank you, get in here now. And of course he loves it because the kids are like, daddy. And I'm like, hey, the hero's welcome. Here you go. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. I'm out. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, we're going to talk later in this episode about things, ways to make it easier for the parent who is the solo parent in this, whether it's two days or two months, things that can make it easier for them, but also ways that your partner can help. And you guys feels like you just hit upon a couple of them. One, which is like, once that parent is home, you're essentially off duty. You know what I mean? Like I'm off duty. Mm -hmm. I punch out. And your husband, Bill, it's great that you're both partnered on that because also he's probably pooped. In a different way. He's poop, but you know what? He likes his kids so much, though, that he's like, he can't wait. Like, he's rushing home so he can, like, at least get the tail end of dinner, but he definitely wants to do bath time. That's sweet. I mean, it's very sweet. I'm like, thank you. Take it. Take it. Take it. I'm out. I can imagine the thing, like you were mentioning, the hardest part is sort of the inconsistency. There are some solo parenting seasons where somebody, you know, goes away, I mean, is deployed. Like, that's a long season. That's what I grew up with. Yes, you grew up in a military family. Yeah, nonstop. My dad was never deployed for long. He went on long trips. But I had friends whose parents, sometimes both parents, were gone. And they either moved back to the States or their grandparents or family members came to live with them Mm -hmm. in wherever we were, in Germany. And then sometimes we would go with them if they were like short trips. And then... yeah. Sometimes he would just be gone for a while and, you know, Peggy would just step in. My dad was in the Navy Reserves and so he would work one weekend a month on, I think I may have told you that. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks a year he'd go overseas and then we call that going on active duty. Uh huh. How long did he do that for? A long time. He retired when I was like from the military when I was in my 20s. Oh, wow. In my early 20s. Yeah. So a long time. Yeah. He was always doing it. Always. And I think I might have mentioned on the pod before when by the time I was a teenager, we'd be like, where's dad? And my mom would be like, he's been in Portugal for a week and a half. <laughs> He'll be home Saturday. We're like, what? Because we were so busy with our own things. and blah, 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 blah. You know, so he was definitely the one. My mom was the one who solo parented more. And I do wonder if that's sort of historically or traditionally the thing, the way it goes, is that the if it's a female relationship, that the male is the one who kind of goes off on. Right. So one thing to think about as we continue talking about our solo parenting seasons is that there might be some upsides to it. There was a post on the What Fresh Hell podcast group Facebook page and a listener named Angela writes, my husband has been out of town since yesterday morning. He'll barely be gone 48 hours when he returns, but I am feeling so good with him gone. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) So funny. I feel more productive and focused. It's so nice. Thank you for validating this. Because what Fresh Hell has an episode called, Is It Sometimes Easier When Our Spouses Aren't Around? And yeah, because they asked this question on the podcast Facebook page and a lot of people said, you know what? It is kind of easier. And a lot of that has to do with what we talked about in our last episode, which is when parents parent differently. And there can be that is that can be challenging. It can cause tension. We get through it. Our relationship is hopefully stronger because of it. When our spouse goes away, it's for good or for bad. It's just on us, baby. It's on you. This is the thing. Whenever my husband goes, like I said, he really enjoys bath time like dinner time, bath time, because it's like, that's his day. That's his work day is over. So this is the time that he gets to spend with the kids. For me, it's like, yes, they've been at school, but it's also like, you know, I'm doing the things. I'm doing all of the things that I want my day to wrap up anyway. So it usually takes a long time, right? It takes a while. So when he's not here, I'm like, into the tub, let's go, close off. Everyone, come on, get in, get in. You know, it's like, we're brushing our teeth in the tub. We're doing this, <laughs> let's go. Everything, we're reading one book. One story. That is it. And my son was even like, you go real fast, mom. I'm like, yep, it's called efficiency. Let's do this, brother. Get to sleep. Mama's got some Netflix to binge. My son always says, why are you always rushing me? (laughs) And I'm like, because you are rolling on a yoga ball on my bed naked and your bath (laughs) is cooling. And I need you to get in the bath. Get in the tub. Yes. Oh. But yeah, there is something that sort of simplifies things. It's almost like one less body in the house, too. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's like, okay, great. He's taken care of. I know he's safe. Great. Now I need to get these kids and then get them and then they're safe. Okay, check, check, check. And then you could just come back. It's like the, the coming again. It's that space that you need that we've spoken about many times before. That space that you need for yourself where you can just get back to you. Where your time is now all yours. And there's nothing that you have to worry about in the next, like, 45 minutes. Yes. Before you pass out. Yeah, it's just, it just simplifies things a little bit. It isn't better or worse, but it certainly simplifies things. For sure. When we get back, we're going to get into ways that we can sort of do the preemptive stuff to get ready for these seasons. And obviously, solo parenting seasons could range from a couple of days to a couple of months to, you know, deployments and what have you. Or, you know, and I, I read another article too about or mentioning a woman whose husband was the person who traveled a lot. And then when her kid was like seven, it flipped and she got a new job oh. where she had to be away for like a month or something like that at a time. And then she'd be home for two weeks or whatever. But she said that provided her a lot of perspective on... The other side of things, yeah, which I thought was really interesting. So when we get back, we're going to talk not only about how we can prepare for these solo parenting seasons when our partner is away, we're also going to talk about how our partner can help, what we can do to make these times a little bit easier. We'll be right back. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, we're back. So we're talking about solo parenting seasons. As a complete sidebar, I feel like it's important for the listeners to know that Blair and I cannot stop thinking about the song Unholy by Sam Smith. We cannot. It's literally going through my head right now. Same. I was just going to say, like, if we could get the rights to that to play in the background during the next two sections, we probably would. Anyway, so I'm glad you guys are in on that with us. So the biggest thing about a partner being away, and this is something I am not good at, and this is why I'm emphasizing it so hard. Mm -mm -mm. Hit me, hit me. You got a plan. Apparently, there's a thing called a planning. Ugh, why? And the more you can do ahead of time, the better set up you'll be. We know that, Molly. Like, we know that. Yeah, no kidding. Every single time. Are we good at it? No, thank you. No. My brain is like, what? What? You? We work much better when we anxiously do everything at the last minute, scream, panic. We panic plan. Yes. I have on my notes, it says plan, plan, plan. But for you and I, it would be panic, panic, panic. Yes. If you can. And you know what? And I think it's the kind of thing, much like meal prep, much like not bringing your phone into your room. It's like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. But I think it's good to talk about it because I maybe maybe this will help us or somebody else. Do you think that it's something that you're born with? Not born with, but like you put, but you're a little type A. You're a planner. Yes. What? Yes. We have these beautiful outlines before every show. Molly leads the way. She's on top of our calendar, sitch. For the most part, somewhat. I mean, yeah, you are. But the best laid plans, you know? I mean, maybe it's like a, it's a priority thing. It's like, ugh, I just want to lay here and scroll. I don't want to plan. Yeah. Also, we're all just so darn tired to our marrow. That's true. That's true. That's true. But you do have a good point, and I think it's much like anything else, like, you know, for instance, athletes, some are just have natural talent and some other people work so hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they reach that level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of their passion, because of their ambition, because of their drive, whatever it is. It is much like an athlete. I think that planning and being someone who preps for things, it is a muscle. So that's because they don't like to panic. Yes. So this is a tip from a online site called First Cry. And this is a parenting tip. 10 tips to make Solo parenting easier. That's the name of the article. So it says, prepare yourself mentally. Now, this is great. This is a great reminder. Managing your household will get hard and tougher if you're working. Therefore, be ready for whatever surprises may be thrown at you. Yes, I don't do that. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 And it says, if your patience can only last as long as your partner is scheduled to return, use a calendar to mark a countdown of the number of days if that helps you. If you're like, oh, I need a goal, mm-hmm. also be ready for anything to be thrown at you. We're talking f- canceled flights. We're talking about COVID quarantine in another country. I mean, you just don't know. And obviously, if you can, plan all your meals ahead. So that's one less thing you have to think about. Yeah. Including stocking up on groceries. 
I make it easy on myself that night that he's not home. Yeah, we have movie and, and burger night. Oh, I like that. And or pizza. And the kids look forward to it too. Yeah. You know? So it's like, and it takes so much off of my plate because I have to now do all the things that I got to do bath time. I got to do, you know. Yes. So you don't have that time in the kitchen. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I just take that off my plate and movie, we eat burgers, Shake Shack in front of the TV. Shake Shack. Shake Shack. How I miss thee. <laughs> oh, oh, so good. The other thing, and this is, I think, kind of what you're talking about, which is like a day or two or like on the night that your partner is gone. This may not work for longer things, but mm-hmm. in their tips, it's choose your battles. <laughs> for example, literally with your children. So, for example, they say maybe save new disciplinary measures for when everyone's back. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing where like, don't help yourself, which is like, you know what? We'll take care of this another time. Or maybe I'll let that thing slide this time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if it's a giant disruptive behavior type thing, you got to deal with it. But yeah, maybe give yourself a break from all those big talks, big you know restrictions, timeouts, whatever you use. <sighs> give yourself a break. Just get Get through it. Get through it. Get through it. If it is more than a day or two, or actually, Blair, I'm going to link in what you just said, which I like. They suggest plan a special outing once a week if it's going to be a longer term thing. Again, and I think you just hit on this. It's something for you and the kids to look forward to. For sure. Yes. I look forward to it. And I look forward to it mostly because I know I set myself up in a way where I hate that my husband goes away, right? But I actually like that time that I get to like eat dinner by myself because I order something from, either I get Shake Shack or I'll get something else Mm -hmm. that like nobody else in the house likes, like Indian food. Nobody else in the house likes. So I'd be getting me some naan and some butter chicken. Oh gosh, I love butter chicken. And I just have a glass of wine and I just sit in the kitchen peacefully by myself while they're, you know, it's like, it's a moment for me and I look forward to it every week. Yep. And we do the same kind of thing where it's not on a weekly basis, but when I go into the city for auditions or callbacks or gigs, we set it up. And as my husband, David says, it's true. He's like, we say to our son, oh, dad gets to hang out with you. It's not like any parent is stuck doing parenting they don't want to do. I mean- We all love our children more than anything else in the world. So emphasize that. Like Mm -hmm. psychologically set them up for dad gets to hang out with you all by himself. He's so lucky. I'm so bummed I'm missing it. And we have this thing called bro sesh. And we're like, oh, are you guys going to bro sesh? And and my son will be like, yeah, probably. Like probably going to have burritos one night and corn dogs the next night. And I was like, I didn't hear that. Have a great time. Great. Have so much fun. Eat whatever you want. It's only three nights. It's only three nights. And you just hit on another tip from this article. Reward yourself at the end of the day. You did it. You did it. What you want, what you gonna have. (laughs) And then the the follow-up to that is, but don't stay up too late because you're going to need your energy tomorrow. (laughs) Don't you do it. That's what I would do. I would stay up too late because I'm dumb. I've done that. I've also like rewarded myself with that extra glass of wine. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. No bueno. No bueno. Me too. 42 is like, no, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. No, dummy. The other thing is, in general, keep your expectations low. Yours and your children's, I suppose. It's probably not going to go perfectly. It never does. So try and manage your own expectations. But also to keep an eye on the compromises. For example, if you get fast food, you know, a little too much because you're like, well, I'm keeping my expectations low. I'm just trying to get through the day. That could lead to a bad habit moving forward. 
that kind of thing. That's going to be tough to pull yourself out of once everybody's home. Yeah, everybody's home. You're like, well, going to Wendy's. I'm like, but we're all home. (laughs) Nope, still going to Wendy's. (laughs) I love Wendy's. That's my Monday thing. Not every Monday, but some Mondays I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go to Marshall's and Wendy's. Give me that redheaded Frosty. (laughs) Oh, Frosty, come on. (laughs) And then the last thing, and this is a really good one, particularly for those long-term solo parenting seasons, ask for help. Mm-hmm. As much as you can. As we have said in previous pods, we used to have a sponsor Nate called BetterHelp.com. You may have heard of it. It's online availability for uh, mental health. And that that might be something if you don't have the time or money to go to a therapist, et cetera, that might be helpful to you. Of course, if you you know have it in your budget to get a babysitter a couple times during the time that you're solo parenting just to give yourself a break maybe you take yourself to a horror movie like i do when i get a break uh <laughs> i told you i just saw barbarian did i tell you that it's very good i don't want to give any secrets away yeah oh maybe you did you did you did you did this is molly's thing this is her self-care it is <laughs> if you can afford to do something like that do that or or whatever way that you ask for help to get through this time give yourself a break Go for it. And the good thing about BetterHelp is that you can do it like later at night. That's very true. It's not just like a daytime thing. So if once the kids go to bed and you're hanging out by yourself, throw in a sesh if you can. And I want to say this too. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on people who are solo parenting to not ask for help. Like it's like a pride thing. Yeah. Yeah. Does it feel that way? I got it. Where you're like, no, I need to prove to everybody that I can do this by myself. But I don't think we do. Because that's maybe that's just me talking for me. But like, mm, mm, mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to show everybody that I'm strong. I can do this, blah, blah, blah. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think for me, it's more of like, I'm proving it to myself. Like, you got this, girl. You can do this. You birthed these children. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch what else you can do. <laughs> yeah. You know, eight hours later, I'm laid out, like super exhausted. Yeah, maybe it's a kid trade. Maybe one day you take the neighbor's kid and then the next day you get four hours because your kids get to go there. You know, that no. kind of thing. No kid trades. I don't want anybody else's child. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you can't, if right now it's not in the cards for someone to hire a babysitter. True. If that works for you, go ahead. I will take five more of my own children. I will not take anybody else's kid. I don't want them. I don't want them. Yeah, that's fair too. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to talk about some ways that our partners who are away working or they're military and they have to work somewhere else, you know, that kind of thing. Or they're taking some time to themselves. Your girl went to Italy with her girlfriends this summer. Your girl Molly. She didn't bring her girl Blair, just so you know. I just want our audience. Not this time. Next year, though. So we're going to talk about ways that our partners can partner with us and especially in the transition back home from whatever trip they went on to make it a little easier on us and the kids. We'll be right back. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. We're talking about solo parenting, and now we're going to kind of jump into what our partners who are heading off, doing what they need to do, doing what they have to do, what they can do to help the rest of us at home. The families they left behind. The ones they left behind. (laughs) Well, while they're gone, I mean, we've gotten into our own rhythm. Do you know what I mean? For better or worse, or we've worked stuff out. And now all of a sudden, this person whom we adore and have missed so much, but it can be disruptive when they return. Yeah, it can. For sure. And especially because we want to ease it on these little brains that are so attached to routine. Ah, man. So this is from a New York Times article, uh, How Parents Who Travel for Work Can Ease the Burden on Their Families. And this is a very good one. It's arrive or depart when they're leaving or when they're coming back conscientiously. So important. We talked about this, about Bill, your Blair's husband going away and coming back. And it can be a bit of a raucous hero's welcome, right? So probably that's a good indication that if he ever was going to arrive home at bedtime, you might shoot him a text and be like, you need to sit in the car for 30 minutes because I need to get these kids out, whatever. That kind of thing. I'll be like, make sure I'm not here. Yeah, I'll tag it. I'll leave. Yeah, I'm gone. Come on in. So yeah, conscientiously, you know, just really think about it before as it's happening. Make sure they're coming in at a time when, you know, there might be an explosion of energy. It might be happy. It might be sad. Your kid might burst into tears. Yeah. Kind of remember that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and leaving too. I mean, I really appreciate that he leaves. I mean, I hate it for him that he has to get up so early, but he leaves at four o'clock in the morning. So the kids aren't like, you know, they wake up, they're like, oh, where's dad? I was like, oh, you know, he's gone to Connecticut. And they're like, oh, okay. There's no like of the saying goodbye. Yeah. Which is, you know, none of it's easy, but yeah, that's really, really tough. Yeah, that's really tough. Another tip they talk about is, they put it, don't meddle. Mm. And that's sort of like what we were just talking about. While this person was gone, you may have established different routines. You may be dealing with some disciplinary things. So when that person returns, they should refrain from having opinions about those things. <laughs> oh, at first I was like, metal. I was like, what? I mean, D-D-L-E. Piddle? Like, do they mean piddle? No, metal. Like, don't piddle. Don't pee in the hallway. Why would you do that? Don't come home and pee everywhere. That's rude. That's a weird thing for the New York Times to have on this list, but I'm behind it. Very weird. And for an adult to do, too. Yes. Oh, come on. Keep it together. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Don't come in having opinions about what I've been doing holding myself down. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is then the person who is home, it's important that we also realize that that person who was away, they are also contributing 
to this household in some way. And even though we're a little taken aback by their return, even if we're expecting it, it's sort of like, ah, you're back. But also, you know, their contributions really help too. They're out either like doing their job or they're in the military or what have you. And we need to just kind of respect each other's contributions to the family, which can be hard when that person is coming back and you're like, no, I've been working. And they're like, no, I've been working. Right. Right? Yes. It definitely feels like, and you're so right, Molly. I have to check myself. Mm-hmm. Same. Because he'll walk through the door and he'll be tired. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not allowed to be Oh, tired. you're tired? But then I'm like, Blair, he just like got home from work and then he drove two hours in time. He could, listen, he could easily stay another night. Yes. To decompress, you know what I mean? And then get himself home the next day. But he doesn't do that. He works a full day and then drives two hours to get home to be with his kids. Calm down. Calm down. And getting a paycheck to provide your Gap Inc. habit. I love how you said the corporate brand. Because it's all of them. It encompasses all of them. I don't discriminate. Old Navy, Gap, Banana Republic, Athleta. Who do you want? It doesn't matter. I've got the card. Let's go. 50% off. Where? They make it so easy. Thanks, Bill. I know. Here's another thing. Sort of like what we were talking about for the person who's left behind. About being sort of flexible about how things might go, what you might have for dinner, how you get through the day. One thing that you might want to also remain flexible about at home and also the person who's away is phone calls and FaceTimes. Oh, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. We oh, have that sometimes totally. when I go away. Yeah. And I have a minute. It might not be the best minute for them. Yep. Not even yep. in a scheduling way, but in an emotional scheduling way. <laughs> yes. So there are some examples in this article about how they figured out, this one family figured out that unless it's during dinner, so they just sat down for dinner and they're eating, so you have their attention, or if it's, I think they said, maybe first thing in the morning or something where they can have their kids' concentration. Other than that, never bedtime, never when they're hungry, never before a meal, that kind of, never when they're like on their way to something that they really want to go to. They don't really want to talk to mom who's on a business trip when they're on their way to a trampoline park. So kind of be flexible about calls. They might happen. They might not. And we have to kind of honor what's going on at home if we're away. And if there is some kind of tension between the parents, just like we were just talking about Blair, about them coming home and it feeling like, but I'm the one who's been working. And they feel like, but I'd really love to put my feet up right now. You know, that kind of thing. It's okay to acknowledge that. That's kind of just a relationship thing, I guess, right? Communication's key. Yeah. And you can say, maybe not when they arrive, <laughs> but in another time, maybe. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> but maybe before the next time somebody goes away, you can say, hey, listen, let's go over some things that maybe didn't feel so good last time. And then pull up your iPhone notes, because that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And do that long scroll. Hold on just a second. (laughs) Oh, here it is, number 108. Yeah. And that's part of it, too, is that, you know, the person who's coming home, it's all about kind of acknowledging that, again, not in the moment, but recognizing and respecting that the person who's been at home has possibly come up with different routines, possibly maybe... You might find a big pile of dishes in the sink. I might, is in quotes. You're going <laughs> to. And it's not about jumping on that and, and wondering why the house is a mess. It's about, take, yeah, sure, take off your shoes, put your suitcase in the room, maybe put, dump your you know laundry, bring your laundry to the laundry room, and then come back out and be like, how can I help? 
as much as you can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all about empathy. This whole list is about empathy. Why am I even talking about this list? It's all about empathy. It is. I'm on both sides. That's the thing, too, is on both sides. Is like, what is now re-entering? What do each one of you need? Yeah, it's tough. And especially when you have little yeah. ones. Or even bigger ones. And Yeah, for sure. For me, I know, like, as soon as... I mean, sometimes there's things that I have to like get off my brain as soon as my husband walks into the door and I'm competing with these two children who won't hush, right? Who are just like, they have things that they want to say too, you know? And it's just like, everyone's, you know, standing in line to be prioritized. Right. And at the same time, my poor husband is so tired, you know? And, you know, but it's like, but me too. It's all that, you're right. It's like, it's about empathy. It's like, where can we all sit and fit equally and hold each other and hold space for each other in a loving way. That's it. (laughs) It sounded like an ellipsis at the end. So I was giving you a chance to wrap it up, but then I slowly realized that you had wrapped it up. Yeah, it's it's wrapped up. It is an ellipsis, but with nothing else. Just hold space for that person. Yes. You know, figure it out. Yes. That's it. And not only for that person, I think you've also hit on something, which is to holding space for your kids. Because whether they're little or big, this is an adjustment. Like what is particularly for obviously a parent who's been away for quite a while, but even who's been away a few days. Yeah. Times are relevant to kids. They don't have any idea. They don't know. Yes. They don't know. I say five minutes and my son counts to five. I'm like, that's seconds, bro. He's like, get together. You're six. (laughs) But yes. And it's about managing your own expectations of how your kids are going to adjust. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing is, you know, right now we've been talking a lot in this section about us adjusting to our spouse coming back and our partner adjusting to being back. But meanwhile, we have these precious angels, precious jewels who are also like, huh, what? So now they, we've just thrown. You ever seen those charts where they have like the lines of the amount of relationships in a house or in a classroom or in a business? Like one to one, there is one line. Then you add one person. And it adds more lines because it's like me to you, you to him, him to you, you to him. Then you add another one, forget it. So it's like you have to manage all of these relationships. So imagine that person coming back and for a kid who doesn't have the emotional capacity, doesn't have the worldview, doesn't have the experience of having to be light on their feet like that, you know, to adjust. So lower your expectations for their ability to assimilate to this new situation. I got to tell you this sidebar, when that first week that my husband went away, when school started, that first night, Molly, I almost left this family for good. One way ticket. I was about to go to Newark and just be like, put me on a flight and don't say anything or I'll shank you. Yeah, it was, you know, movie night. And like I said, it was just like, you know, it was summertime. So it's just like, whenever. And then I realized I didn't plan. Mama didn't plan. And I was like, all right, movie night. And they they piddled around. <laughs> you got a lot of piddling going on in your house. Got a lot of piddles. They piddled around. They're playing around. I was like, listen, you need to clean up your room before we get, do movie. Doing all the things that I was doing in the summer, right? And then mama looked at the clock and it was too late to start a movie. And when I tell you all hell broke loose, all hell broke loose because this is something that my kids look forward to every single week to do, right? Because they don't get to like sit in front of the TV and eat and watch a movie. That's not something that we do. That is a straight up treat. 
And it was robbed from both me and them in that moment. And Molly, when I tell you World War III opened the front door and came in with all of its troops, it was bad. Meltdown town. Oh, mel- I screamed. That was just me. Screaming, crying throughout dinner. And I was like, I didn't prepare myself. I didn't plan. I didn't think, you know, because I was mostly thinking, oh, shoot, Bill's leaving this week. He's leaving tomorrow. It's all his last minute. And it it was not good. But I, it was a it bitch. It bitch in the butt. It bitch in the butt. It bitch me in the butt. But <laughs> it bit me in the butt. It bit me in the butt. But I learned a lesson that like, you know, there it is. I have to give myself the space and grace. And also I told my kids that day too, I was like, listen, if something changes and we cannot have movie night, it's okay. And sometimes things change and sometimes things shift and we have to watch our behavior and monitor what we're doing. We have to be responsible for ourselves. Yeah, that was a big lesson for me. As we talked about earlier in the episode, that consistency that you thought you might have with Bill always going away the same night or whatever. And then sometimes it shifts and sometimes someone gets COVID in the office and sometimes there's a storm and whatever. (laughs) You you didn't say that. There's a storm. There's a storm. Can't get home. Sorry. Whatever that thing that makes it inconsistent, like, first of all, pre-plan as much as you can. And second of all, be flexible because sometimes your pre-planning is going to go right in the toilet because that's the nature of the beast, especially in this day and age. So I think that's my big takeaway is like pre-plan and be flexible. Mm-hmm. Those are my two big ones. And I think the one, too, that you mentioned of knowing where each of us is coming from. Yeah, empathy. Empathy. Like, I've been here with these children doing the things for 38 hours, 42 minutes, and 8 seconds. And But you've been away working and for the exact amount of time, missing us. And I understand that. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like for my husband and I, sometimes... I would say one of our challenges as a couple is that kind of opportunity for spoken communication. Oh, yeah. And forgetting about that sometimes. And it's like, oh, he knows. I know he's working hard. And it's like, does he? Have I said it? Maybe this kind of thing is the that empathy that we're, or that super empathy that we are instilling into these situations is the thing that's going to open up that communication. Hey, I know you've been working hard. I just got out of the car. I didn't stop to pee because I really want to see the kids. I'm just going to take off my shoes, go to the bathroom, splash some water on my face. I'll be right back, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Acknowledging their work, being honest about where we are, and also reassuring, but I will be right back. I just need two minutes to (sighs) breathe in the mirror with water dripping off my face. Are they tears or did I splash my face? I don't know. (laughs) It's a mixture of both. It's a mix. Molly, girl, you hit it. We could have a whole podcast on... Mind reading of my spouse. Right. (laughs) He knows, doesn't he? He should know. Yeah. Well, you know what? (laughs) He don't. And guess what? I don't neither. Yeah. So this is a good opportunity to say, hey, we're both tired. Maybe I should say something. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I should say something. We're both tired. You know, blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is. Stay in communication with each other. Be gentle with each other and be gentle with your kids. All right. Going to work on that. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, thank you for being here, everybody. You'll get through this solo parenting season, whatever it may be, whether your your partner is overseas for eight months or if they leave every Tuesday to go to Connecticut, unless somebody gets COVID or there's a storm, <laughs> in which case anything could happen. <laughs> Remain flexible. You got this. 
We're with you. Give yourself the space and grace to breathe your way through it because you'll catch up when everybody's back at the house. <laughs> don't worry about the dishes. <laughs> don't worry about it. They don't matter. No, it's all good. Thank you for being here. Go to toddlerpurgatory.com. If you'd like, you can listen to a bunch of different episodes and say hi to us. We love, love, love hearing from you. And we'll see you next time. Take it easy, y'all. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you've fallen into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.